Hello everyone, welcome back to my channel and the continuation of Korean Fairy Tales. A story of the fox. The fox. Orientals say that among the long-lived creatures are the tortoise, the deer, the crane and the fox. And that these long-lived ones attain to special states of spiritual refinement. If trees exist through long ages, they become coal. If pine resin endures, it becomes amber. So the fox, if it lives long, while it never becomes an angel or spiritual being, as man does, takes on various metamorphoses and appears on earth in various forms. Yaikiwai was the son of a minister. He passed his examinations and held high office. When his father was a governor of Pyongan province, Ke Kawai was a little boy and accompanied him. The governor's first wife being dead, Kawai's stepmother was the mistress of the home. Once, when his excellency had gone out on an inspecting tour, the Yemen was left vacant and Kawai was there with her. In the rear garden of the official quarters was a pavilion called the Hill Pagoda that was connected by a narrow gateway with the public hall. Frequently, Kwai took one of the Yemen boys with him and went there to study. And once at night, when it had grown late, the boy who accompanied him had taken his departure. The door opened suddenly and a young woman came in. Her clothes were neat and clean, and she was very pretty. Kwai looked carefully at her, but did not recognise her. She was evidently a stranger. There was no such person among the dancing girls of Yaman. He remained looking at her, in doubt as to who she was. While she, on the other hand, took her place in the corner of the room and said, Nothing. Who are you? he asked. She merely laughed and made no reply. He called her. She came and knelt down before him, and he took her by the hand and patted her shoulder, as though he greeted her favourably. The woman smiled and pretended to enjoy it. He concluded, however, that she was not a real woman, but a goblin of some kind, perhaps a fox, and what to do he knew not. Suddenly he decided on a plan. He caught her, swung her on his back and rushed out through the gate into the Yaman quarters, where he shouted at the top of his voice for his stepmother and servants to come. It was midnight, and all were asleep. No one replied, and no one came. The woman, then being on his back, bit him furiously at the nape of the neck. By this he knew that she was a fox. Unable to stand the pain of it, he loosened his grasp. When she jumped to the ground and made her escape, was never seen no more. What a pity that no one came to Kwai's rescue, and so made sure of the beast. Imbang. Well, the next one is Cheung Pok Chang, the seer. I'd love to know what the seer is in Korean because my grandma always called me the seer, S-E-E-R, 
exactly the same way. I apologize if my pronunciation is wrong. I am not Korean. I do not know the Korean language, but I am trying my best. Cheyong Puk Chang. The Yo Yok Kyu Sul, one of Korea's noted histories, says of Cheyong Puk Chang that he was pure in purpose and without selfish ambition. He was superior to all others in his marvellous gifts. For him to read a book once was to know it by heart. There was nothing that he could not understand. Astronomy, geology, music, medicine, mathematics, fortune telling and Chinese characters, which he knew by intuition, not from study. He followed his father in the train of the envoy to Peking and there talked to all strange peoples whom he met without any preparation. They all wondered at him and called him the mystery. He knew, too, the meaning of the calls of birds and beasts. And while he lived in the mountains, he could see and tell what people were doing in the distant valley, indicating what was going on in each house, which, upon investigation, was found in each case to be true. He was a taoist and received strange revelations. While in Peking, there met him envoys from the court of Lu Chu, or Lu Chu, or Lu Chu, it's L-O-O-C-H-O-O who also were prophets. Well, in their own country, they had studied the horoscope, and on going into China knew that they were to meet a holy man. As they went on the way, they asked concerning this mysterious being, at last reached Peking. Inquiring, they went from one envoy station to another till they met, Chiung Puk Chang, when a great fear came upon them, and they fell prostrate to the earth. They took from their baggage a little book inscribed, In such a year, on such a day, at such an hour, in such a place, you shall meet a holy man. If this does not mean, Your Excellency, said they, whom can it mean? They asked that he would teach them the sacred book of changes, and he responded by teaching it in their own language. At that time the various envoys, hearing of this, contended with each other as to who should first see the marvellous stranger. And he spoke to each in his own tongue. They all, greatly amazed, said, He is indeed a man of God. Someone asked him, saying, There are those who understand the sounds of birds and beasts, but foreign languages have to be learned to be known. How can you speak them without study? Puk Chang replied, I do not know them from having learned them. But I know them unconsciously. Oh, that's what I tend to do. Wow. Puk Chang was acquainted with the three religions, but he considered Confucianism as the first. Confucianism. Its writings, as handed down, said he, teaches filial piety and reverence. The learning of the sages deals with relationships among men, not with spiritual mysteries, but Taoism and Buddhism deal with the examination of the soul and the heart, and so with things above and not with things on earth. This is a difference. At 32 years of age, he matriculated, but had no interest in further, literally, study. He became instead an official teacher on medicine, astrology and mathematics. He was a fine whistler 
we are told. And once, when he had climbed to the highest peak of the Diamond Mountains, and there whistled, the echoes resounded through the hills, and the priests were startled and wondered whose flute was playing. There is a term in Korea which reads, He An Pang Kwang, Spiritual Eye Distant Vision. The seeing of things in the distance, this pertains to both Taoists and Buddhists. It is that, when the student reaches a certain stage in his progress, the soft part of his head returns to the primal thinness that is seen in the child to rise and fall when it breathes. From this part of the head go forth five rays of light that shoot out and up more and more as the student advances in the spiritual way. As far as they extend, so is the spiritual vision perfected, until at last a Korean sufficiently advanced could sit and stay and say, In London today, yes, in London today, such and such and a great affair is taking place. For example, Sawatam, who was a Teo sage, once was seen to laugh to himself as he sat with his eyes closed. When asked what he was laughing at, said, Just now, in the monastery of Ha Hin, 300 miles distance, there's a great feast going on. The priest stirring the huge kettle of the bean gruel has tumbled in, but the others do not know this and are eating the soup. News came from the monastery later. That proved what the sage was seen was actually true. The history on of Confucius, too, deals with this when it tells of going to his disciple Anya and looking off from the Thai mountains of Shantung toward the kingdom of On. Confucius asked Anya if he could see anything, and Anya replied, I see white horses tied at the gates of On. Confucius said, No, no, your vision is imperfect. Desist from looking. They are not white horses, but a rolls of white silk hung out for bleaching. The story. The master Puk Chang was a noted Korean. From the time of his birth, he was a wonderful mystery. In reading a book, if he but glanced through it, he could recall it in word for word. Without any special study, he became master of astronomy, geology, medicine, fortune telling, music, mathematics, geometry, and so truly a specialist. He was known now as a mole. He was thoroughly versed in great religions, Confucianism, Buddhism and Taoism. He taught constantly of what people could not possibly comprehend. He understood the sound of birds, the voice of nature and much else. He accompanied his father in boyhood days when he went to envoy to Peking. At that time, strange barbarian people used also to come and pay their tribute. Puk Chang picked up acquaintance with them on the way. Hearing their language but once, he was readily able to communicate with him. His own countrymen who accompanied him were not the only ones astonished, nor the Chinamen themselves, but the barbarians as well. There are numerous interesting stories hinted at in the history of Puk Chang, but few suitable records were made of them, and so many are lost. There is only but that one, the one that I remember, comes through Trustworthy witness, though, Puk Chang, on a certain day, went to visit his paternal aunt. She asked him to be seated, and as they talked together, said to him, I know some harvesting's doing Yongnam County, and sent a servant to see it. His return is overdue, and yet he does not come. I am afraid he's fallen in with thieves, or chanced on a fire, or some other misfortune. 
Puck Chang replied. Shall I tell you how it goes with him, and how far he has come on the way? She laughed, saying, Do you mean to joke about it? Puck Chang, from where he was sitting, looked off apparently to the far south, and at last said to his aunt, He is just now crossing the hill called Bird Pass in Mun Kayong County, Kayong Sang Province. Hello, he's getting a beating just now from a passing young man, gentleman, but I see it is his own fault, so you need not trouble about him. The aunt laughed and asked, Why should he be beaten? What is the reason, pray? Puk Chang replied, It seems this official was eating his dinner at the top of a hill when your servant rode by him without dismounting. The gentleman was naturally very angry. Had his servants arrest your man, pull him from his horse and beat him over the face with their rough straw shoes. The aunt could not believe it true, but treated the matter as a joke. Yet, Puk Chang did not seem to be joking. Interested and curious, she made a note of the day on the wall after Puk Chang had taken his departure, when the servant returned. She asked him what day he had come over Bird Pass. It proved to be the day recorded. She also added, Did you get into trouble with the young man there when you came by? The servant gave a startled look and asked, How do you know? He then told all about what happened to him, and it was just as Puk Chang had given it, even to the very smallest detail. The end. Thank you for listening to these Korean fairy tales. Aren't they beautiful? Anyway, join me again for some more soon. Many blessings.